we just got back, for those of you guys who are checking us out the first time, uh, all the tan people here probably just got back from El Salvador where it was about 100 degrees and 95% humidity. That means that it's hot, like really hot. And if uh, you went on the trip this past week, could you guys stand up if you went on the trip? Check it out, give them a little round of applause. Now let me warn all of you, if you know anybody who went on the trip, if you know any of those people that stand up, I promise you they are not the same people. So don't treat them that way. These people, we brought back something fierce, I'll tell you what. Something got in the water while we were down there and we're gonna share that with you guys tonight. So we're gonna pray and just ask that God would have his glory as we share with you guys what all of us really are doing in El Salvador. I mean, we were just extensions of you guys and I'm excited for tonight because we get to share all amazing things. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for sending, God, 15 of us. God, you're so great and so mighty and so wonderful, Lord, that you have blessed us with favor God, to open up the door for this trip year after year, Lord, we thank you that you have sent your servants. Lord, we thank you for the great harvest that we saw spring forward. Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for caring for the widows, the orphans, for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for a successful and wonderful trip. And Lord, as we share the stories, God, may you have all the glory. May it be all about you. Yes, Lord, we are are excited and we can't wait to share what we experience, but Jesus, it's just a reflection of you. So Father, would you speak through the words tonight. So many of our team members are sharing tonight. I'm so excited, God, but I just pray that you would equip us, Lord, for the word tonight to give you glory and to give you praise and honor. And all God's people said amen. 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 So uh, I think we have a couple before photos of uh, what we did. And before you guys show that, um, just let me tell you just a a brief little detail because I'm going to come back to this at the very end. Uh, one year, um, for those of you guys who don't know me, I'm, uh, this isn't my full-time gig. Uh, I'm in business, I create software, kind of a nerd in some ways. Um, I help other entrepreneurs start their businesses and that's like my passion. And uh, one year we had a little excess money and we're like, what, did, what should we do? And so there's three partners and uh, we, we kind of like just like, well, let's, let's go somewhere, let's learn something, why not? And uh, we had a friend who knew a family, who had a friend, who knew a village, who had a cousin, who had an uncle, who had a couple spare beds. Got that? So, and that was in El Salvador. And so we, we go down to El Salvador and we just go to learn and, and just, you know, the things that were interesting to me was uh, the, the, the challenges of third world development and how do you take a country that's just so desolate, so much in need, and how do you even begin to reconcile the problems they have? And so we just went down there to learn and we stayed with the family and I think we gave them a gift of, uh, I think probably like 600, 700 bucks. And uh, the family, they cooked for us, they cleaned for us. And what we found out was that was like three months worth of their living expenses. Was that like 700, 800 bucks? We're like, what? This is crazy. And so we got to know all these different people and we went to this one school and this school would just break your heart. And we went there and, and we, we, all we did the first year was we just gave backpacks. It was like, there's a school, it's like the outcast little village here in El Salvador. And uh, these are all refugees from a huge storm. The government gave them this interior plot of land that is seriously like 190 degrees uh, when we were there. And uh, so this is the, the school that you'd walk up to. And these kids have nothing. I mean, literally they have nothing. They didn't have pencils to learn. And so our first year, all we did was just like, man, can we give backpacks? Can we give, just give pencils and paper? You know, can we just start there? And uh, so w- when I came up here and, and saw the school and, there's another image of it. It's just like, there's like 300 kids that have to learn in here and they have to stagger through the day. It was crazy. And there's like no shade. 
Here's the, the classroom, it's just all over the place, total chaos. It's a trillion degrees in there. Notice you don't see a single paper, a single pen, a single anything to learn with. There's, hard, there's not even a blackboard. They're like, how on earth do you live here? And, and so they just had no other option to, uh, to learn. And, and so we kind of ad- adopted El Salvador. It was our first trip here. Uh, this is our, my fifth time, I think our group's fourth time going back there. And last year, uh, it was just in our heart to like, hey, we're all stupid in our 20s. Why don't we like try and rebuild this thing, right? Like the pencils and paper are cool, but like, man, how awesome would it be to have cinder blocks and fundraise over cinder blocks? And, and uh, so we did that last year. And how we structured it was, we didn't uh, set ourselves up to go and build the entire school, the, the classroom ourselves. We just said, we're gonna do one classroom at a time. And uh, because we're conscious of the unemployment there, which is like 70%, it's crazy. Uh, we said, we're gonna hire contractors. And we're gonna hire like three of them. And these people like, we're building an entire classroom and they mix the sand like by hand, like the concrete and stuff, like no cement mixer. You're like, you know, there's barely any tools here. It's like a stick that you like stir things with and jam things in. and it was crazy. So we, we hired some contractors who said, you know, we'll do what we can and what we don't finish, then you guys can finish. And so the contractors would, would stay and build whatever we didn't uh, finish. And so last year was our first year trying to build a, a, a school. And so we just finished one classroom. We, we encountered another classroom that was started by another organization and they kind of ran out of money, left it all uh, broken. They couldn't even use it. And so this year when I came back, like the first thing we, I did is I went to the school I ran and uh, I got to see our, our school has been built. And it's only halfway there, and so this year we built one more. So it's three quarters away there, and, and next year we're gonna complete it. And I brought back a little video, so it's super crude and, and just rough, like I just, it came from a flip video. So I apologize for this, but if we have the video here, I just wanna show you guys what all of you guys have invested in and, and see the legacy uh, that's left here. And for those who went last year, you'll recognize, you know, uh, the images. I was noticing the cinder blocks, it was crazy. So here it is. Hi, Capital Christian Epic Life donors, everybody who's been involved, thank you so much. As you can see, here's our our two classrooms. We uh, built this one from scratch last year. We completed construction on this one uh, last year as well. And as you can see over there, we're building a third. I'll take you inside real quick and just say hello to the students so you can see what the result has been for your donations. So as you can see, here's the classroom. It's all concrete floor. We have our students. Hola. Hola. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And uh, it's been amazing because we helped them get uh, just a new facility, everything to learn and to do much better with the school. And they have pride this year. They have new uh, uniforms that they have, and it's really exciting. We have the teacher here that has been so supportive for us. Say hola. And uh, I want to say gracias. Gracias. So thank you guys for investing in this school. We're still working on it and uh, excited that you've partnered with us. So I wanted to show you this and we'll show you the next classroom. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
So here's the second classroom that we built. Uh, since we've been here, they painted it and they're still working on making it look exactly perfect. Where uh, we just bought new tile for all the classrooms here, and uh, this is the one that uh, many laid the bricks for. You can see all the the, the work they've done here at making all the. The classroom's perfect for them, and it's so much better than what they've been living in for the past several years. And so, uh, here comes all the kids. Hola! ¿Te gusta la escuela? Sí! ¿Te gracias? ¿Te gusta la escuela? Sí. All right, that's good. So it kind of goes on. So yeah, I mean it's. I I have no idea what he just said. I have no idea what the other girl said. I just they clapped. I was like, oh, that must be good. Ray, do you know what they said? Nice. Help us learn more. You notice how they had uniforms too. It was, it was amazing. They had, uh, they, they personally started investing into the school. Those of you have been there before, they paved like the road out there. You used to know if you rode on the bike, like your butt hurt all week and having to go to like this rocky road out there. And uh, it just was really, really powerful. So um, just give you a rundown of what we did on the trip. We went there, we worked our tails off on this, this school. It's so hot, there's no shade. And uh, working on the, uh, the cinder blocks and stuff. And uh, we also went to the, a little community out there that's surrounded by water and just went to learn about their, their needs there. And some had food. We, we encountered widows and orphans. We found people that hadn't eaten for days. Uh, and we, we just tried to listen. What are the things they need? And so uh, we came back later in the week. We brought uh, a bunch of people like roofing. Like it was interesting. People needed roof. So we bought... I don't know, it was like 46 roofing panels, like these huge like, you know, panels we were like carrying to buy it. Most of us got cut on our hands and it was, uh, it was awesome. And so we did the project. We, we loved on the community a ton. We did a prayer service, so many awesome things. Um, and then we went to an orphanage and loved on the girls there. And it's an all girls orphanage. And so the, the guys um, all came with this idea that uh, we would dress up really nice, you know, like ties and slacks and shirts, and we'd hide out in the back. And all the girls, we brought makeup to them, and many of them, it's like the first time they've ever had makeup, or maybe second or third time on our previous trips. And so the, the girls would do these makeovers and give them makeup, and, we, and uh, Brittany brought tiaras, and so they put tiaras on them. And uh, so we paraded them all out, and all the guys stood in this huge circle, as they came out the door, we just gave them this huge applause, and, and we had music, and so we danced with, with all these little orphan girls. And uh, it's so powerful, so life-changing, and um, it was amazing. And so we did many things um, you know, like that, and, and uh, just a, a crazy, crazy statistic. So 15 of us, we're all broke, we're all in our 20s, whatever, um, and we had 53 days to fundraise. So we're all late on things too, you know, kind of. So we have 53 days to fundraise. Between all of us and our friends and family, in 53 days, we all raised $36,000. Isn't that crazy? I never want to hear people say that money's an excuse for anything anymore. You know, it's like after these trips, so. 
Uh, so we, we had a little extra money and on the, the two classrooms we built, uh, we bought brand new tile for them to put on the floor and because it's just concrete and water seeps up through the, the bottom and a bunch of other stuff. We bought them new furniture for, uh, or new desks for uh, the kindergarten class, so really powerful stuff. So I'm excited because I want to have a couple of our team members come up and share and, and just tell you what some of the things we learned. And so the first thing that Sal is going to come up here and share is that we learned the power of love in action. We learned the power of love in action that, that when we love someone, we're called to people, we're, we're called this world. It demands that each one of us go beyond the emotion, the words of love. So Sal, come on, welcome up. Bring it forward. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, go me. <laughs> um, no, um, so, so as he said, like, he sent out an email um, after we got back and he was like, what is, what is something that you feel that you learned from this trip? What is something that kind of reached out to you? And, and I had told him that, you know, it's just love and action. It's just, um, and so, so one of the things I want to share with you is 1 John 3.18. It says, it says that, it says, dear children, do not um, show love with words and speech, but in action and in truth. And, uh, and so, so I, you know, that was brought to my attention and, and I started pondering on that and I started pondering on like, how easy is it for us to go to somebody and say, hey, God loves you. Or how easy is it for us to go and say, oh man, I love this, this bumper sticker, so we're gonna slap it on the back of the cars. God loves you. I mean, where's, where's the work in that? Where's, where's the actual truth? Where's the actual love in that? There's like, there's, there's not a whole lot of compassion there. It's just a word that's, you just say to someone and walk on your day like you didn't do anything for them. You didn't show them any love. And uh, so, so one of the things is that I've, I found is that, that love actually demands us to take action. That love is actually a verb. And, uh, and so, it's, so like, uh, so when we went out there and we built the school and when we went to, despite of all the heat, despite of all, we actually went out there and, and uh, the bricks were in the wrong spots, the, the, the sand was in the wrong spots, everything was in the wrong spots. And it didn't matter like where it was because love called us to move that stuff and then build the school. And so, so when we did that, that was a love to that school. When we went out to this village, no matter how bad it smelled, like the, 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 the sewer was like right there. So you can literally smell the width of the sewer. And these people had nothing. So no matter how bad it smelled, we, we went in there, we prayed with them, we gave them the food, we gave them the shelter for their roofs. Love demanded us to take that action. Love men told us that we do that. And, and the crazy thing about the, all this is that, that no matter how much we did, we came out different. Like love, like even though we show them love, we got love in return and we changed because of it. Like, like every person you have coming up here today, like they're different because of the love that we show to those people. And so, so one of the things that I challenge everyone with today is, is that take our words today seriously and take the love that you God's given you to give out to people. You are his vessel. You're God's vessel to give love unto people in this community and in the communities around us. And so I just, I just challenge everyone to, to step up and in love and in faith, go love people.
Isn't that great that, that when Christ calls us, he, he calls us more than just to, just to, to feel something, to uh, just be aware of something. I think that the art of being inconvenienced is an aspect of love, and so it was really powerful that we go and we, we leave a school there. Like any one of us, we can go down there for the next, I don't know, 40 years, how long that school will be, and you can go and be like, I helped fund that, that project. I helped fund that school. It's powerful. The, uh, the, the second thing, and, and Cody's gonna come up and share here in a second, is uh, the power of expectation and confidence. The power of expectation and confidence in the setting of your faith is what is, is gonna totally transform the way that you look at the problems of the world, is gonna transform the way that you look at God's calling for your life. If you have no expectation, you have no confidence in what God's leading or your own personal life, you're kinda dead in the water. And so Cody, come on up and share a little bit about confidence and expectation. Good to go. So we're going to be shooting off the hip off this one. I wasn't like sound, didn't write it out, but um, we're going to go for this one. So the first thing that, um, one, one of the biggest things that I really, I think, uh, experienced the most in this is the, the expectations that we go into these type of events having. Um, early on in the week, we prayed for, um, I specifically prayed for um, attention to detail within. I felt like we were gonna see something in the children's eyes that was gonna forever change us. Um, a lot of those times, obviously, we're working with uh, orphan girls and whatnot, and um, you know, I expected to see brokenness and hurt and um, just devastation. Um, could you guys, by seeing this girl, think that she was ever sex trafficked or ever on the corner trying to get sold? Um, this was one of the girls at the orphanage that um, actually had, was brought into the orphanage with her sister, I believe. Um, a news reporter down there found them on the streets being sold. The thing that just really struck me about this girl and these, just these children is I expected to see brokenness, but what do you see in her eyes? Like, I see one of the happiest children. I, I felt joy. I, I saw, I didn't see sorrow. I didn't see pain. I just saw a great expectation of what life is going to bring them. And so like how God like went beyond my expectations and almost broke them in some ways. Um, and I mean, it's just to, this, to see the look on their face was just amazing. So a lot of the times we go in these situations just expecting God to, you know, kind of like fit into where we want him to, but he, he shatters that. Um, and this is a great picture of um, our buddy Mike, who also was on the trip, um, you know, <laughs> another expectation was broken there. Um, and moving into confidence, I would say, confidence in our faith. Mike, um, I think he was one of uh, the most uh, influential people in, in my life on the team, and his step out in confidence. Um, he went beyond what we expected him to do. And uh, Mike didn't know how to dance before this. Uh, we gave him a few little prep lessons before we went out, and uh, we all went out there with boldness. But the thing about confidence is, I mean, it's just something that um, we all bound, banded together as a team, and we just, we had that strength. Um, a big, a, a good thing that we talked about was battling, tightening up our battle armor. So as we all know, we're always in warfare, whether it's against the world, against spirituality, or you know, a little thing about relationships or whatever it is, we're constantly fighting. And so it's up to us to have the confidence to take each other and strap each other up, to tighten our armor down, to make sure that when we do go into battle that we're comfortable and we feel confident in where we've come from in order to establish that. Um, and there's one last picture. I thought this was a great picture. I also got the, the opportunity to baptize Mike, which was just an amazing thing. So if we give Mike a round of applause.
<laughs> the reason why I love this picture is that I'm just, I'm way more tan than Mike and it was just, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> sorry buddy. Um, just a great thing about this picture is the brotherhood that we established among everyone on the trip. Once again, it was that confidence in our faith that no matter what, we're not going to turn our backs to the tide. Co the wave is coming in. It's up to you guys to figure out what you're going to do with it. Are you going to stand up in boldness and in confidence in your faith and say, you know what, God, no matter what you take, whatever comes at me, you know, whether the swells of the waves are bigger than I am, it's, we're going to walk boldly together as brothers in whatever we accomplish. Now you got you, you got to admit, like, isn't that like the, the the two coolest guys you've ever seen go out to like get, get baptized? They're like, you know, kind of walking out there. <laughs> it's awesome. Baptism. Uh, we weren't really planning on doing um, baptisms on the trip because we're having a baptism uh, next week. And so anybody who's never been baptized, or maybe you were baptized as a child and wasn't your choice, we really believe that the power in demonstrating outwardly through baptism is is one of the callings of, of God. And uh, so we're going to have baptism next week, but. Uh, what happened in the trip just demanded that we would show uh, what God was doing in our hearts through baptism of one another. And uh, it was amazing because I, I got to baptize Jared and it was awesome. But we had four other people that got baptized by other team members. And it was so powerful and it was so amazing. And uh, so we did that while we were uh, there as well. But if uh, I want you guys just on this note to pray about next week and you can make a last minute decision next week. We'll bring some extra towels and we'll just dunk in your clothes, you know. Um, pray about would the Lord have an outward showing of your faith, what he's done inwardly through baptism uh, here in our group and we'd love to support you, bless you, pray for you, all that good stuff. So uh, another powerful thing that God showed us on the trip is the power of hearing God's voice. The power of hearing God's voice. We cannot tolerate us to be in Christ because we're told that when we, when we become believers that Christ dwells within us, if Christ dwells within us, we must be able to hear him, right? I mean, it makes perfect sense, but how many times do we struggle with like, I don't know what God wants, I don't know what he's saying, I don't know what he's doing, all these different things, you know? But when we, when we quiet ourselves, and the great thing about missions trip and we go to El Salvador where no cell phones work, you know, not, there's no Facebook, there's no text messages, there's no TV, nothing. It's just you and Jesus. And it's amazing how many people on our trip heard God's voice for the very first time in such powerful, crazy ways. And Taylor is one that's gonna come up and share about that. Welcome, Taylor. Keep the mic up. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> Okay, so just like Sal said, um, the first day we got back, Eric sent out um, an email and asked us what we thought influenced us the most on the trip. For me, it was hearing God's voice. Um, a couple weeks before the trip, I had talked to a few of my biggest mentors, and I was super frustrated because I wasn't thinking that I was hearing God's voice. I would pray, and he would give me signs, but I couldn't hear it, and I was super frustrated because that's all I wanted. I was praying about it, I was talking to people about it, I was reading Bible verses, and nothing was happening. So once um, Eric mentioned the El Salvador trip one day, I prayed and I was like, God, I really want to do this, but I don't know if I can get the funds. I don't know if it's meant for me. And so after a few signs, just like I said, he pointed me in the right direction and let me know that I was one of the people chosen that he wanted to go. So um, as we were down there, I would talk to a few of the people and all the different team members about how I just wanted to hear God's voice. And um, I actually talked to Jen and she finally said, you know, Taylor, God's voice isn't going to be this big voice saying, Taylor, this is God. 
my God. <laughs> and that's what I thought it was gonna be, and so all this time I'm thinking, I'm gonna hear this big manly voice trying to talk to me, and I wasn't hearing it. So as we would pray for the different families, we did, um, we went around to the villages and we prayed with all the families and gave them food and we asked for what they needed. And as we started doing that, also we um, did testimonies at the end of the night and then we would pray over our team members. So there were a few different nights where I would get these words in my head and I'm like, okay, wait, that's not something I would think about. And it would kind of freak me out, but I'm like, okay, maybe I'm hearing God. Maybe this is finally him. And so actually the last night I, um, we were praying over Mike and I closed my eyes and I silenced the enemy and God painted me a picture. Um, it, was, it was so crazy just because it wasn't something I had ever experienced, but right then at that moment I just realized that God was talking to me. And so um, that voice is the voice that you've heard for forever, the one that's giving you words and painting you images and telling you things to do that you don't think that you would think of yourself, but that God's telling you to do. Um, I wanted it so badly, and maybe it did take a trip to El Salvador with a group of people, but finally, I was just like Eric said, it was just me and God, and I finally had the chance to be able to talk to my teammates and just know that God loves you and that he, he's inside of you whether you think you're hearing him or not. So um, for me, um, my favorite trip, I loved the kids for sure. This is one of the little kids, I can never pronounce his name, but um, he, we found him the first day we went to the village and he followed us back to the house we were staying at. And for the week he had lunch with us and spent time with us and taught us Spanish and just sat and listened to us speak English. And so I definitely loved him, but my favorite part was um, just hearing God and knowing that I have the power to do that. So yeah. And just to put a little exclamation point on that is uh, more than, than attendance, more than scripture memorization, more than anything else in your personal spiritual life, understanding the difference between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the world is the most critical thing you'll ever know. And so it doesn't matter like if you get nothing at all from tonight, just know that the single most important thing in your life is that you would come into acknowledgement and understanding what the voice of the Lord hears like in your life. Because if he's in you, he's talking to you. And so it's, uh, it's important that uh, if, if you are here and you're like, man, I don't know if I hear the Lord's voice, uh, we're gonna do a little ministry time after this and we're gonna lay hands on people and we're gonna pray that God would just silence everything else and he just would give you voice and give you understanding and give you a craving for what he's saying. And it's gonna be awesome. Nick Ott is one of those guys too. Homie here, he got baptized here at Epic Life in the fountain like one night. It's crazy. And... Um, I, I, I love Nick on so many levels. He found us on meetup.com, and I'm gonna just wreck you real quick. And, um, <laughs> and so he came, and so, you know, he, I think we probably like bamboozled him into, you know, coming here, and he's like, this is a church deal, you know? And, and he, he, he didn't like his first experience, because it wasn't what he was, he was thinking. He came back another week and just felt called. He's like, there's, there's something indescribable that's calling me here. It's like, that's the voice of Jesus right there, you know? And, and so we sat on my tailgate, and it was like, midnight or something, it was so late. And uh, so he accepted the Lord out there and, and we got a bunch of other guys and, and it was this huge celebration. We're praying right next to the fountain. And I'm like, you know, in, in, in biblical times, like, you know, like <laughs> Jesus would baptize people on the spot, you know, kind of like a two for one deal, like, well, it's hot, you know, and, and uh, 
it was crazy awesome. Like all of us, we didn't bring any clothes. Like we're just like in our jeans and just you know jumped in, and <laughs> it was amazing. So I just encourage you, and all that to say that this guy hears the voice of the Lord like crazy, like so many of our team members do. But but in particular, um, I just was so astounded by um, by Nick and and just how the Lord just brought it in. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> praise Jesus for that. The next thing, and, and Joe Farley's gonna come up here. Welcome, Joe. Yeah, come on up. And, uh, and Joe's gonna share what it means to be a team because we are 15 people. Many of us didn't know, um, you know each other very well, and uh, the word is very specific that, that we're part of a body, that there are different strengths and, and forms and functions that each one of us play. We don't do ministry by ourselves. We're not isolated. We're, we're meant to be living life and doing ministry together, and so Joe's gonna talk about the body and as a team. Thanks, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> what a great time we had this, this last few weeks, and thank you, Eric, for leading us. It was awesome. What a blessing to be with you. And you guys, I don't know if you guys all know the team members, but every team member, what a blessing it was to be with you guys and hang out with you guys and get to know you. Um, what blessings you are. So the team, me coming into the group a little bit, I, I came in really short notice. So in a sense, I, I didn't know anybody or at least not very many people that were on the team. But one of the things I noticed from the very beginning as a part of this concept of team and unity is um, once before we actually left, we met up a couple times once a week until we left. And as we were there and as reflecting, once I got back was, wow, when we spent time together beforehand, it really brought us together. And it also gave us a common vision for what we were going to do once we were there. And in my mind, as I think about the concept of why we were there and what we were doing as we were there, we were so united as a team because of taking that time to kind of clarify our vision and, and who we are and what, what our purpose was and why, why we were there in a sense. So what, is, what an amazing trip to go and share the love of God with people as a team. And then as a team also, each of us individually, have I said team a lot? <laughs> as a team, each of us had our specific quirkinesses and our personalities and just who we were and how that added to, to the, the whole unit. And then also, as we would go out and connect with people in the community and serve, it was interesting how each person added a specific, unique detail or role to what we were doing down there. For instance, serving while we were working. Um, you know, each of us had different skills while we were working and some didn't know anything about what we were doing. And me, I'm in the trade, so it's, it's, it's pretty basic. But to just come in and, and grab, your, you know, hand around somebody and, hey, this is how you do it. But everybody was... Um, so, and, and as I think about details that, in that regard, like Cody stands out, he's out there loving on the kids and serving the kids and I'm over there working and I'm like, shoot, you know, that's so cool that he's, he's taking time to go over there and just love on people and serve people and encourage them. And um, it, it was so great about, one of the things I loved about the trip that there was no pressure. We weren't down there like, we're gonna try and get as much done as possible. It was just like, hey, we're here to serve, we're here to love on people, so we'll do what we can, but we gotta take care of ourselves so we don't get sick or hurt or uh, you know, heat stroke of all things because <laughs> we all sweated so much it was ridiculous. So that was pretty much what I had to say. I think I had a few more ideas or thoughts. Just a second. Do you mind? Whatever. <laughs> One of the, the thoughts I had as we were 
we were there, um, and as I was thinking and preparing about this, I, this thought was, and this, this talk was, um, the, the thought of community and unity, and how I haven't been a, a massive part of this group, but as I come and be a part, I'm noticing how everybody is welcome. Everybody is accepted for who you are and where you are. It doesn't matter. You're welcome here. You're accepted here. And what a great place and a great environment. And, and Eric was kind of asking me what causes and, and what, um, like what, what is a good way to help people feel unity or community. And, I, and that word belonging kind of comes to mind when, that, um, when I think about that concept. So in a sense, everybody belongs. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Awesome. So the, uh, just the, the truth there is that we intentionally refer to all of us as family because that is, that's biblical. It says, do good to all people, especially to the family of believers, that there is a, a unity that's between all of us, that we look after each other, we're aware of what's going on in each other's life, and we, we have that concern. So one of the, the best parts about the entire week, and this year it was was even greater measure than previous years, was we'd do something at the end of every day called family time or circle time. And we would all round up and so we just would share uh, two people a night, their testimony, their story. And it was such a rewarding and awesome time and Brittany is gonna come up and share about uh, the testimonies and where are you, Brittany? Oh, there you are, okay, it's like, is she here? Welcome, Brittany. Sorry, when I order, so it's thrown off. <laughs> okay, so like he said, um, we did testimonies every night. Um, one guy, one girl. <laughs> Michael's staring at me. <laughs> it's like, um, and it was super. I mean, obviously, like the reason why we were there were was to represent God and just love on these people, love on this village, help out wherever we can. But I think one of the biggest thing aside from that, um, that I enjoyed the most was testimonies every night. Um, cause how often do you get to say, Hey, how was your day? Tell me your testimony. Like, I mean, it's like, hi, how are you? How's your day? Like the conversations are just so like surface level that you never really, you know, get to get real deep and dirty with like, you know, people's past and history and what's got, what God has done in their life. Um, and so not only was it really good for the person giving the testimony of their, you know, their background, their story, their whatever God's doing in their life or has been, um, it's good for them to like kind of just get it out, kind of just let all your junk out and just be vulnerable because um, that's when God like totally moves the most in you is when you're vulnerable. Um, and not only was it beneficial for the person, but it was also um, good for other people to hear. Like I know hearing some other people's testimonies was really good because um, you get to see like, what are other people going through? Am I the only one going through what I'm going through? Um, how can, you know, their story benefit me? You know, how did they get through what they went through or vice versa? Like, oh, I can totally help them out. Like, you know, I went through that similar situation. And not only that, but when you get to know people like on a deeper level, like it just connects you so much more. Um, I, and not only um, just giving your story, but sorry, I'm kind of scattered brain, um, but also, uh, I think it was really beneficial for multiple people because they got to learn like what God did in their life and it kind of like helped um, their relationship with God. Um, and so 
I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of one of those situations where you got to be there to like experience it. But I don't know what people have been through, like maybe brigade where people give their testimony and then like afterwards, like you get to like pray for them and you get to kind of just like get it and down and dirty and just like pray the socks off of them and just like, I don't know, like it's just like this really awesome feeling and it just, it bonded us all. It banded us so much. <laughs> Um, it was really good, and I definitely think we're all, um, we're created to, you know, not only to worship God and to love God and be his Im in his image, but we're also, you know, we're here to fellowship and to be in relationship with one another, and that was probably, like, the best thing that we, in addition to our main purpose, did on the trip was giving each other our testimony and just sharing our heart, and yeah, it was really good. Oh, are my pictures going? <laughs> okay. Ooh, this was the water that you got sick on day. <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Don't drink that water. This is where the kids had to wash their hands at the school and you can't drink it. So it's not good, but that's what they had to do. So, so you, you can't drink it, but uh, Dave Olga went last year and, um, <laughs> and so 80% of all the groundwater in El Salvador is contaminated. And so there's like a well and he thought that the well was the purification. Well, all the purification for the water actually happens after it's out of the ground. And, uh, and so Dave like, was really thirsty at the school. So he goes underneath that little thing, has a little kid that's just like, you know, pounding water into it. He's like <laughs> underneath of it, taking it all in. It was, uh, it was crazy. Um, so it's awesome. Yeah, there it is. But testimonies, did you know that in Revelation it says that you shall overcome by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus. You shall overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. So don't underestimate, I don't care if you've been saved for two seconds, God has a word that you need to share with other people about who you are and what has happened in your life. And so uh, don't underestimate the power of your testimony. And one of the powerful things that happened in the midst of that is that Mandy shared her testimony uh, pretty early on. And uh, that power of understanding, that power of victory, that power of overcoming gives you authority to lead others. So Mandy's gonna come up real quick. Give her a little hand. have an iPad wars up here. Yeah. Um, I just want to first say that um, I'm not tan, but I did go on the trip. So just so everyone knows, um, I know Saul said something earlier. Um, yeah. So like Eric was saying, um, when I gave my testimony, there were some things that I didn't really want to share. And I felt like the Holy Spirit called me to share some things. And in sharing those things, um, a couple of the girls opened up and said, hey, I'm struggling with this, I'm dealing with this. So then I started realizing like, that God has been calling me into this leadership role for women. Um, and actually I've been prophesied over a couple times and I was thinking, ah, whatever, you know, I'm, I have my issues with women, but you know, on this trip, like God's really shown me that this is what he's calling me to do. I just want to read uh, my journal entry, um, from the last day after just kind of reflecting on what God was doing. I wrote, the girls look up to me, they see me as a leader and I know God is calling me for greater purpose in their lives and the lives of women around me. I don't wanna take these things lightly. My whole life I've been afraid to make relationships with women and I've, I've distanced myself from them in fear of being hurt. It hasn't been until this trip that I feel an incredible amount of openness and respect from these women. I know not all women are out to get me and I know not all women are gossips. I know all women are capable of having meaningful and healthy relationships with others. It just goes to show that like the power of your testimony is very freeing for some people and it gives you a chance to really bond with the people around you. 
Um, the other key thing is the victory you walk in qualifies you to lead others. So through my testimony, through the things that I've had victory over, um, just you know, gave, gave me the ability to be an example to some of the women on the team. Um, and then leading the women into spiritual maturity and encouraging their journey. Um, there was one night on the trip where a couple of the women were really afraid to give their testimony. And so a couple of us, um, we gathered them around and like, we're gonna pray about this right now. Like, you know, the, the enemy has no place here. Like, you're gonna get so much freedom and, you know, sharing with, from your heart what's going on and what God has done through you. Um, and there's been a lot, I don't know, I wrote too much. Um, but anyways, in the last day, um, the baptisms were amazing. Um, I spent a lot of time just building relationships with women and being able to encourage them through what God has brought me through in my life. And I've had the honor and the privilege of um, baptizing um, Stacy and help baptize Taylor. And I felt just this, yeah, let's give them a hand. <laughs> But I mean, it just, it was so, such an honor for me um, to do that because I, I felt like I am stepping into the identity that, that God has told me um, many months prior to going on this trip. So it was incredible. The people there were awesome and so were our, was our group. And we really, like Joe was mentioning earlier, we really built this unity within the team. So. I want to encourage you guys that no matter what you've overcome, that God has purposed you when you overcome that there's a follower for you. No matter what, it doesn't matter what the details, when you've overcome it, when God partners with you, he's actually given you equipping that there's somebody else that is two steps behind you that is looking for someone that has been that strength, that has been that, that leader. So uh, I want to encourage you guys that as you uh, go through just your, your journey to be mindful that God does not allow anything to be wasted. Every single battle and victory you have has purpose. And uh, finally, Jen is gonna come up and share and, and uh, uh, she's gonna share about the power of changed people and she wrote a journal entry just after the trip reflecting on just all the change that took place. And uh, so welcome Jen up to the front. like to apologize for my scrub-like attire. Everyone who came up here looked really cute. Um, <laughs> that's okay, Jesus loves me anyways. Um, um, so, as many people said, uh, Eric emailed us saying, would you like to share? And I really felt like God was moving me to share uh, my final entry on uh, the flight back home. So, it's a little staggered, but it's, uh, so, here it goes. On my final flight back home, I have been so blessed by coming on this trip. We went to El Salvador to spread the good word. We had no idea what God was gonna do within our own group. We came to bring change when in reality, he changed us. Bittersweet is a term that I used for leaving the country of El Salvador. Bitter because I will miss the many friendships made with the El Salvadorian people. Many of their living conditions are beyond belief, something that I was in no doubt prepared for but it is also something that I didn't truly understand until I experienced it. It is sweet because I now get to share what I have learned back home. My work as a missionary does not end here. It will continue to endure until my time here on earth ends. At the end of Christ Life, which is a program that our ministry does, 
our facilitator asked us what our word for 2012 was. I chose imagine. He has blessed me and protected me my entire life. Even when I turned away from him, he was there. He spared my life in reckless nights when my life should have been taken. He healed my heart when the young innocence of trust and love was broken and betrayed. Imagine what he can do when I am walking in full obedience. Imagine what he can do when I fully surrender to his will. Eric asked us, what are we leaving behind in El Salvador? I am leaving behind the fear of and the lie that any mistake of my past can ever take away from the person who I am now. No one can take away my boldness for the Lord. I refuse to settle for any lies that speak the idea of mistrust in my, of my Father in heaven. I trust that my Father will heal the sick people of El Salvador. I trust that he will protect the poor and the weak. I trust that he will be a father to the fatherless. And I trust that he will guide me through the unknown. So as I sit on this plane, I look forward to this new chapter in our lives. The work doesn't end here. The relationships formed will not cease. And most importantly, his voice will never be silenced. Simply because our circumstances in America make everyday living more convenient, it does not mean that our struggles are any less real, meaningful, or important. But when we come to the realization that our life is not in our hands, and that it is in our Father's, and that his plans are much broader than ours, we find peace. Um, I've actually never been someone who ever had a desire to travel a lot. Uh, I'm actually pretty comfortable where I am. <laughs> just being honest. So. Um, so, but there's just something great about being in a third world country where we don't have cell phones, we didn't have internet, we didn't, I could go on, but, and just really experiencing him. And, and it's all in no small part due to you guys and you guys funding us and just, I truly believe that everything that happened there was really no small part also due to everything that has been stewarded here at Epic Life in the homeland. And I just wanna say to anybody who's visiting tonight or returning, or this is kind of random that I plan on saying this tonight because I actually do have a lot of friends here. This isn't just, <laughs> this isn't just directed towards you, it's directed towards everybody. Um, that this is a safe place, this is a great place to be. We care about you and um, seeds that are planted here are watered and they're nurtured. And um, I'm just so happy to be a part of this ministry and just a part of this mission. I would totally encourage you to uh, go on one when you can. We're going to have the band come up and uh, I just want to share real quick on, on the note for Jen about being changed people. You know, the, the transformation part's the easy part. Being affected by God is really the easy part. The difficult part is going back to normal life. The difficult part is when you leave these doors and go back to that same circumstance, those same friends, those same people, the, the, the same surroundings that try and keep you as the person that you once were. But when God transforms you, the battle for you, and, and he changes you, the battle is to contain, and that was what we were praying about our final days, that Lord, what you've done here, may we be strong enough to stand up against our home, against our relationships, against who we once were. And if you've been affected by God, living down your former self is the greatest challenge that you're gonna have in, in containing that victory. And so uh, pray for our team. 
because uh, we need it. We need to be able to contain and to continue walk, walking through what God has done and, and he's so good to, uh, to do that for us. But now that the work is on our end, the work is to protect it and to protect the working of God in us. Um, and I just wanna kinda close before Eric comes up and we, uh, we worship, um, is I just wanna share with you guys the power of possibility. Uh, do you guys notice like there is no formal organization that goes to El Salvador? It's literally just like 15 of us and we're like, that's a good place. Like literally, I want to just like tell you guys that we can't wait for somebody to form an organization to change the world. We can't wait for the money to come in before we go. Every single person committed to go before there's a penny raised. I wanna encourage you that, that God has given us a global perspective, actual innate, that, that we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the, he's, he's, he's given his spirit for the purposes that you'll be world changers. Same with Matthew 28, that we'll be making disciples of all nations. There's a global significance to your life. Sometimes that means that you hop on a plane. Sometimes it means that you jump out of your car. Sometimes it means you get out of your comfort zone. Don't wait for, for somebody else to do it. If you wanna go to El Salvador, I'll give you all the contacts, I'll give you everything. You know, go, go tomorrow, I don't care. Do something. Do something significant with what God is doing in your life. If he's doing something powerful in your life, you have to know it's not just for you. And so he's giving it to you because he wants you to give it to others. But I feel that the, the challenge and the struggles that so many of us wait is we're, we're looking for someone else to be the first mover. We're waiting for somebody else to, to create the organization. We're looking for somebody else to, to go and, and, and be that. And we'll, we'll come alongside. And I wanna encourage you guys that, that this whole trip, building a school, I've never, I don't do construction. I sit behind a computer all day. You know, like there's, there's no reason that any one of us can't do anything that God puts in our heart. It is in our heart to build a school. Have you ever built a school? Nope. It's all right, but God does. He's done it a lot. And because he's given you his spirit, because he speaks to you, because he's given you community, because he's given you testimony, because he's given you a body to do work with, and because he's made you a changed person, you can do it all, amen? Amen. 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 Let's stand and we're gonna commit this time to the Lord.